How are you all? It's really warm, so I'm going to keep this message shorter so that we can uh, enjoy it. But uh, I will give us all that I have studied for, but it is warm, isn't it? It is warm. But uh, thank you so much for being here. There's not enough words in my vocabulary to thank you all enough for your kindness of being here and just, just kind of being with us, man. Every faithful, you guys, unbelievable. It is so good to see you all. Anthony, uh, August. Anthony, that was uh, absolutely fabulous, man. We can't Fabulous, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, would you turn with me in your Bibles? So we might as well get right to it. Let's turn in our Bibles to Romans chapter 2. And we're going to take a look at what we looked at last week, but more in depth. Chapter 2 is really an, an exciting chapter because it is speaking to uh, people who are religious, self-righteous, just all of these people who perhaps you've that, uh, that they don't feel that they need the excitement of the faith like, like you and I have, perhaps. And we need to recall this place in Scripture, I'm going to probably repeat you over and over again, is not talking primarily about salvation, it is talking about judgment to those who think they are this way and yet they're missing the boat. And this is an This chapter, chapter 2, from verses 1, shows the self-righteous person, the moral person, the person who go to church once I don't think they need to go all the time we're going to see that they are going to be judged by two standards. an exciting scripture. In verses 1 through 5, which we will look at this evening, we will see that they will be judged by the truth of God's word, God's word, excuse me, versus what they would consider is the truth. Believe that they have the truth. And you've come in contact with these types of people. I, I know you have. I have. They, they've, they've, they say, well, you know, that's okay for you, but there's many ways. I've heard this many times. There are many ways to God. It seems to be a popular phrase. When in fact, the Bible says, no, there's not many ways. There is but one way. And that is throughout. That there are so many. There are many ways. And so they, they are setting a standard of truth for themselves. The truth of the Word of God. And Paul, Paul wants to to the people in Rome, they're not misled. The second part of the chapter, verses 6 through 16, we'll look at next week, will show man's standard of how they good things. Said it. I don't think I'll be able to say it the second service. It started it, and I wanted to stop, and I couldn't. You know, people who try to do good and and give and 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 do sorts of things, and yet God says, "No, I have a standard. You must come to me through my standard." So we're going to be taking a look at those two different ways. Very exciting place in the Word of God. Love the book. I hope you're as as much as great place in scripture. Paul is saying basically here in to read it that the pagans, the people who are are totally against God, have no 
desire to know God. Less that we studied in chapter 1, verses 18 to 32, they know some basic truths about God and God's existence. God let them know it. Remember? It says in verse 18 of chapter 1, the wrath of God was revealed from heaven against all godliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because known about God was evident to them. Therefore it says, God made it evident to them. And then he says in verse 20, since the start of this creation, his attributes have been clearly seen. So therefore, they're without excuse. It's chapter 1 and verse 20. And so these people ultimately know that they deserve his punishment. It even says so as we studied the last verse in chapter 1, verse 32. We also saw three times in chapter and in the last part from verses 18 to 32, three times God says, I'm going to give you over to the different passions that you desire. Verses 24, he says, God gave them over to the lust of their hearts, to degrading passions, and to depraved minds. So it, they not only in chapter 1, but they also gave hearty approval to those who joined. And um, I said to you before, and I uh, say, came to Christ. Sad, sad statement, but truth. Hearty approval to those who practice them with them. Well, what Paul is saying now, you who say you're religious, now speaking to the the family about Christianity and and want to know more and want to, as Anthony, if you want to give your heart to Christ, sing these this song. I mean, please join with us. That's that's our purpose here in this church. Is not to grow in. Love to, don't get me wrong. Would love to, but our purpose is to grow in depth. If we can grow this way, all of us, I'm sure, Anthony, everyone, we're more content in hopefully we'll come to Christ. So Paul is saying to those people are religious, you should read with me chapter 2, verses 1 through in Scripture. Every man passes judgment that you judge, condemn yourself for you who practice the same things. And we know that this such things pass judgment things and do the same yourself that you're going to judgment of God. Think lightly. His fair. leads you to repentance. Because of your stubbornness and your unrepented heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Amazing. Next week we'll see what verse and open up with. 
to their deeds. In other words, what they do. This is a picture that um, across the United States and throughout the world if they could. This is such a great place in Scripture. I pray that God will touch you. Let's pray. Father, I pray that. I pray that you would open up our eyes and our hearts so that we might behold wonderful things from your law. More clearly than when we walked in here. And for those who are investigating, those who come hearing about what goes on here in these and about what we believe, I pray that you'll touch their hearts as well. That you would open up their hearts that they might behold wonderful things from your law. So for that to happen, Father, I beg of you, move me aside. Let me not get in the way of this message. Let me not get in the way of what you want to say to everyone through the music that we've already experienced with Anthony and the group. Would you please, Father, bless us. And Lord, I I think specifically, Father, for Rob, who really got uh, hit very hard with an appendicitis attack and and, uh, really was quite, quite, quite sick. And saw him just a moment or two ago today, and he's doing much better. But can't wait to get out of that hospital and go home. Father, I pray you'll care for him. And then, Father, I pray for... Uh, Bill and Dolores Morris, who are up marrying off their son, watch over them. And anyone else here, Father, that has whatever prayer needs that are going through their mind, I pray that you would bless them. Now, thank you, Father, for this with one another. May it be a wonderful, wonderful time, I pray in Jesus' most precious name. That you who say you're religious, say you know say you lead a virtuous life more should the punishment of God concerning your so-called knowledge of him because he says to them in the first you too practice the same things same things that was happening in chapter one these people are doing how would God so-called upright, moral, religious. That person who tries to live a very, very controlled life, if you would, but who and allows their own selves to go scot-free. Verse, if you judge others and you miss your own shortcuts, you're without excuse. So God says, basically, don't judge. No, he says, first, look into your own heart. Look into your own self. See where you stand before him and his standards of righteousness. I've always thought that it wasn't a very good idea if you have a friend that's uh, fairly promiscuous, that you do not confront them with their sin as you want to with their sin. 
Let them deal. you and I will ever our Savior is that's difficult but we're not to judge others if meant standard of to others, no. In that you don't assess your own moral standing before God. Practicing the same thing. Therefore, statement to all of these people, the self quote unquote spiritual people, he says, You're making errors. Concerning God, we're going to is that you underestimate the magnitude of God's standard of righteousness. By the way, don't panic. It's okay. Really okay. If that's important, nothing more important than someone calling you. If it's a, if it's something critical, you take it. It's good to turn off our phones, but if you forget and your phone rings. Don't panic. And if you got one of those real enjoyable rings, let us listen to it. <laughs> I, have one, I have one ring. Guys, pretty in-depth meeting. And, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, and his ringtone is, give me a message. One ringtone, his message. And it says, Big stud horse. I love you, dude. <laughs> yeah, that was the ring. That was the ring in front of all these people in this meeting. <laughs> I couldn't get to it fast enough either. <laughs> so don't worry about that. About that. We're here. We're family. We're church. Let's relax and enjoy each other. So Bob, Bob, Bob You've underestimated God's is that God encompasses outward man, but He encompasses the second thing that you've missed. We'll touch on that this week. I, sh- I made a mistake. Minimize our own faults. If you ever, when someone tells you how someone else does something, listen to how they use their voice. Me, 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 me. I said, no, I don't think you did that. <laughs> yeah, you ever, you ever, you ever in a, in a thing, you know, especially counseling, it's, 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 if it was through it, it's, it's funny. It is. We often exaggerate our, the faults of others and we minimize in the Beatitude 7, 
chapter 7, verses 1, 2, and 3 of Matthew. He says, Don't you <laughs> to you. And then he seven of Matthew. Get the what speck? No, oh, excuse me. You look at the speck in your brother's eye and you don't notice the log that's in your own eye. That was the self-righteous spirit that Jesus repeatedly denounced in the Sermon on the Mount and tried to show us how desperately we need a Savior. In the fifth chapter, the 20th verse, it says... Now listen to this. This surpasses that of the... You'll not enter into the... Unless your righteousness surpasses them. You know what that meant to every... Every Jew would shudder at the very thought of having to compare themselves to a scribe or a Pharisee. Because a scribe and a Pharisee thought they did no wrong, ever. You think not? Listen to what Paul said about himself, who he is before he came to Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 3, verses 4, 5, and 6. Philippians 3, 4, Paul says, Although I myself, even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put a confidence in the flesh, I far more. Listen to what he says. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the nation of Israel. Everything okay? Good. As to the law, I was a Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church, he said. As to righteousness, which is in the law, watch what he said. I was found what blameless. I don't know what else. What was the other word? What perfect? Yeah, blameless. I mean, there was no, no fault. And so when our Lord says in this in this statement, unless your righteousness is surpasses the scribe of the Pharisees, you're not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It had to make everyone think: How in the world can anyone then enter into the kingdom of heaven? Our Lord was saying, apart from me, you cannot. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how bad you are. Come to be. And then in the... If you're there, are you in Matthew? You are. If you're not in Romans, turn back to Matthew chapter 5. Pretty scary places in Scripture, I must tell you, if you understand what our Lord is saying. We, not, we will not manifest within our own self eternal life. 
chapter 5 and verse 2, that unless your righteousness appears, you'll not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Then he says, you've told you shall not commit murder. Verse 22, but I say to you, everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. Whoever say, shall say to his brother, Raka, or uh, that, that kind of means empty-headed or good for nothing. Anyone who says that shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. Jesus, in his, this most famous of sermons, says a person who is another is worthy of the same punishment as the one who murders that person. It goes on to say, if you're still there in chapter 5 of Matthew, in verses 20, he says, You have heard that it is said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks on a woman to lust for her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. See, what our Lord was doing was taking the standard beyond the outward sin and taking it into the heart. That, that we would say, well then who can, who can get there? And if you... ...stand what our Lord says about who we are, have to deal and how we desperately need a Savior. So you see, let's not get into the habit of judging one another. I said to you last week, I've told you I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I told you I'm a Christian. If you see me sin, I give you every right to come to me. Why did you do that? What were you thinking? What did you do? And help me through it. See if I will not confess my sin and fall on my face before my God and ask His forgiveness. But for the most part, before we judge our own inner self as well as our outward sin, we need to come to Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sin, fall under His judgment, fall under His mercy, fall under His grace, His forgiveness. And let, let God judge the other person, not us. In one of the Beatitudes, Luke, you don't need to turn there, but man, it's a great place. Luke 6.37, you might make a pencil mark uh, if you have your notes and say, it says this, Jesus says in the Beatitude, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Pardon and you will be pardoned. That's God's standard for us. Okay, back to Romans chapter 2. Robert, is the sound okay? And it's up front. Yep. We're all right? Okay, maybe I need batteries. All right. <laughs> Verse 2 of chapter 2 of Romans. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon We know trans of being aware of commonly knowing 
It carries the idea of what is obvious. We know this. We know these things. I pointed out that in chapter 1, verse 18 to 32, that even, even those who just reject him, they acknowledge that those who practice such things, as it says in verse 32, death. So they know this. It's obvious. Also, the words in verse 2 of chapter 2 of Romans, rightly false, means according to truth, but not just any truth, according to God's truth. Rightly false. God will judge according to truth, not ours. Not anybody else. No denial. God's standard is where He'll judge us. Those things that rightly fall. And so they, the self-righteous, believes that the ungodly should be judged, but not them. Yet God says in verse 1, you practice the same things. The word same things in the Greek is A-U-T-O-S, like autos. It means not identical. In other words, He's saying, you don't do, but you do the same sin as much as they sin, according to God. Here's the rub. You're going to love this. You see, God does not grade on a curve. A sin is a sin is a sin, according to God. Now, I do want you to turn James chapter 2. James is to the right as you go towards the book of Revelation. Before you get to the book of Revelation, of course, you're going to come to um, Hebrews, which is a fairly good-sized book. See this verse, and if you have a tendency to mark your Bible, I would encourage I would encourage you to perhaps mark this place because it is very, very convicting. This is the rub. This is why God says, you've done the same thing. In other words, not the exact same sin, but you've sinned. And someone might say, I've not done that. Well, James chapter 2, verse 10. Whoever keeps the whole law in how many? One. You keep the whole law. Stumble in one point. That person has become what? Guilty of how much? My gosh. That's not fair, is it? How many lies do I have to tell to become a liar? How many paper clips do I have to steal to become a thief? One. It's not fair. But that's God's standard. Do you see what God's trying to do for us? He's trying to so humble us, so desperately humble us. In this case, the people in Rome, through Paul, he's so desperately trying to humble us that what do I have to do? And that's what we learn. You come to your Savior. And he'll forgive you. When Peter asked him, how many times do we have to forgive someone? Seven times? Like, that was really great. And the Lord said, nah, 70 times seven. In other words, every time. So some might say, that's not fair. One page, 
And now I'm... But God's the judge. You and I and the whole world, Paul is saying, is going to have to stand up to his standard, not our own. His truth. Not our truth. So there's no escape from God's judgment. No, not at all. Listen to Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1, 2, and 3. For this reason, the writer of Hebrews writes, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard. You see, it's, it's one thing to come to church, a whole other thing to come to church like you folks do. That's why I love you so much. I love you beyond your wildest dreams. Let me ask you a question, Anthony. I, no, I didn't ask you anything on this subject. You've been up in front of these people enough times. Do you sense a love for them at all? Yeah, it goes crazy, doesn't it? Yeah. He said, absolutely. It goes crazy how much we love you. And one of the reasons I love you, I don't know for him for certain, but for me, is because you are so, you're so attentive, you're so ready to listen to this. Truth. Ask for. Well, he says, pay close attention. Angels proved unalterable, and every transgression and every disobedience receives a just penalty. If we neglect salvation. After it was at the first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard. Here now, he's not talking about salvation here to these people, about judgment. Many say, you know, I've heard this before. In fact, I told you about a good friend of mine who came. His wife went to another place, church. He finally talked her into coming when he told me in very great candor, she doesn't want to come back. All it is is a Bible study. You know, you don't talk about anything that's going on in the world today. I want it desperately. And when they get into the Word of God, and they find out what John taught in the book of Revelation. I've of you at the start, and I told you, I told you, the bump. I did tell you that. And that's it was too heavy. And John himself, who wrote the book, the judgments of God, he says, that sweet to my mouth. Followed it, the little book, he said, it became bitter in my belly. There are so many so-called Christians who say they want to study reality. They don't want to hear the truth because to really understand this, it just shows you how desperately we need a Savior. This isn't written so as to make you feel good about yourself. I know some try to preach it that way. This was written to make you fall on your knees before your Savior and seek His forgiveness. But in reality, many people want what, what Timothy said in 2 Timothy 4.3 or what Paul said in 2 Timothy 4.3, their ears. He says, do you think lightning of the... This is so great. 
lightly of his riches, of his kindness. This kindness of God is going to lead to to uh, repentance, but because storing up wrath for yourself, righteousness. There are so many folks today who take lightly God's goodness and God's kindness. The greatest example of our Lord's kindness happened some thousand years ago at the cross where He gave of His life for us. Wait. And we wait. And we wait for His return. And for some 2,000 years, wrath has been withheld. Now some people say, well, there's war, rumors, and you're talking about his wrath. Look, we for those of you that were here, we studied through Revelation. We saw wrath. We felt wrath. What's going on in this world today is not the wrath of God, sin of man. And we see that his kindness back his judgment. Second Peter, great verse, three nine. The Lord's not slow about his as slowness towards you, not wishing for any of you to perish, but for every single one of you to come to repentance. The good God for these 2,000 years since lead folks to repent of their sin. Yet because God patiently waits, we think he's negligent, or he's not really going to come. There must be something else that's going to happen. He's not coming. And we start thinking, not knowing God's patience is leading to many to repentance. You see, some see his patience as weakness. Some only think Come back again. He's not going to avenge the world. Somehow, some way, we'll all go to heaven. And for so many, even some Christians, or personal sorrows come, we accuse and blame God for our pain. Instead of thanking Him for His goodness, and his kindness and his patience instead shake their fists at him and say it's like he wanted this he wanted wrong to happen to me as if he was our adversary instead of our god and savior and so we see many instead of falling on their knees to worship and thank him as as Anthony and Vivi and the, the worship team trying to get us to come to that place, to fall on knees, so to speak, in our mind and in our hearts to, to praise Him and worship Him. Many end up cursing Him. 
And in so doing, as verse 5 says, they're storing up for themselves wrath. Judgment. So what we see in verses 1 through 5, as you can clearly see, Paul explains that God is going to judge mankind, the self-proclaimed, self-righteous, moral person, against truth. But not just going to judge all people against his truth. That's why you try to teach you just what's in here, no more, no less. Father in heaven above, what a privilege that you've given the truth. And you're calling people right now. I I would believe that with all my heart. You're asking people to respond to your truth. That you're, you're making it clear perhaps to some for the very first time. It's not those outward sins that they, that they need to worry about it, as much as those things that are happening within our own hearts. The bitterness, the, the things that we hold against others and outward sins, and those things can condemn us just as strongly as the others. So, Father, this book being right now where we're studying is not a a study on salvation. It's, It's more a study on your judgment. It's a study on allowing those that do not know you to to come, to trust in you and you alone for the forgiveness of their sins so that they might have salvation. And for those of us who know you, it's a great lesson not to judge others. First at our own. Bless us, Father, as we go from wherever you take us. Make it, let us be your, uh, an ambassador of yours. Let us just walk with you, Father. And let people by the grace of an almighty God. Let people sense the very essence of who you are through our lives. If you would trust us with that, Father, I know you have. Now, Father, I want you to know how much I love these Anthony said the same. Thank you for that privilege of loving them, Father. They're worthy of our love for sure. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you sit tight for a moment? Pastor Dan has a couple of uh, exciting things to tell us, I think. I hope.